Most of you know me from fellowship meetings. And At 19, I was called to be an evangelist. And of course, I met Wendy, and I decided that I was going to run from God. And of course. And of course, the enemy used me as Wendy's escape, too. So for 12 years, we ran from God. We, we did the whole worldly thing. And when I came back and rededicated my life to God, I've always believed in one baptism, the Holy Ghost. That night that I turned my life back over, the evangelist asked me, do you want to get rebaptized? I don't feel that I need to. And I learned through the first two years that we were back that God's gift and callings are without repentance. So when God calls you to do something, it's there until the day you die. Now, he can add to that. He can add teachers, pastors, the, the whole fivefold ministry. He can add it to it. This is the first time I have been out to evangelize since our second year back. In 10 years, basically 10 years. And I forgot how the devil comes against you <laughs> he came against me so hard today so hard yesterday Wendy left her car for me to figure out what the little bump was every time she, she hit a small bump well I realized that I needed to re-weld the exhaust hanger so I'm, I'm down under the back of her car Got my welding goggles on, and I'm I'm welding up everything, and I'm like, that should hold. So I reach up, and yep, that's gonna hold. So I take my goggles off, and I look, and I'm like, it looks like a rubber piece is on fire. <laughs> I reach up with my with my leather glove. I touch the rubber piece, and oh, <laughs> oh. mom wasn't out of bed yet, so I couldn't run in the house and get water. I'm running around the garage. Oh, Lord. Oh, look, a fire extinguisher. Thank God I had that fire extinguisher right there. And it was charged. I crawled under there and put the fire out. So she takes her car to work today, and she tells me. Of course, we, we, we bought this van, and uh, I'm thinking... All these bells and whistles this thing's got on it. Something goes out. It's going to be a pain. Well, the passenger side door power lock decides to start going intermittent on us. Well, yes, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday morning it just quit. So, I do the nowadays thing and I Google it. All I got to do is pull the panel. Pull the interior panel, and then pull the plastic panel in. You're already laughing. <laughs> you know the mess I got myself into. <laughs> well, one of the things says, yes, it's a Dodge. Dodge it. Yeah. One of the things it says is to take the power window motor off the plastic piece. Well, by this time, I've got all the exterior bolts out. I pull that window motor, and... 
parts and pieces went flying all over the place. And I spent the next four hours trying to figure out how to put, why Dodge put three cables for one window, I have no idea. Let's suffice to say, I had three spare parts after I put everything back together. My window is taped up and my children's manual is on the way. <laughs> so, the enemy's tried me. He's tried me hard. And normally I don't name my, uh, my messages. But God, told, but God gave me this one back in March. And I didn't realize what the, where the message was supposed to go, whether it would go to our church or somewhere else. Because God's been, he's been giving me new gifts. I am now bringing forth the messages from God. And I don't like it, but now I'm an interpreter. I don't like it. <laughs> and this came about because... Well, you prayed, yeah. But she had faith. You stepped on my message a while ago. Because the title of the message is Faith Enough to Share. Do you have faith enough to share? Let me find... I'm going to 1 Corinthians. By the time I'm done, I will have bookmarks all over the place up here. First Corinthians 12. I got on the gifts. Starting at verse 8. For to one is given... For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. There's lots of gifts there. I have some of those gifts, and I'm sure if you look into your life, most of you have some of those gifts. There's several of those gifts that God uses me consistently and I'm telling you I don't like it sometimes Amen. discernment of spirits I had that from a young child I've known God my entire life I always thought I was judging people but I didn't realize that at that young age God was showing me that there's good and evil spirits out there there's people out to do you harm. So he gave me those... Uh, yes, thank you. Discernment. I want to say diverse kind of tongues. <laughs> Discernment of spirits. Every one of us in here has a gift of faith. 
you a measure of faith. And that's one of my scriptures. But it is a gift from God. Everyone in here has it. Now, do you have faith enough to share? And I'm going to get there. But do you have, think about that. Do you have faith enough to share? In Matthew chapter 17, I can't see it away, I can't see it close. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Which is the whole reason I had Sister Monica sing that. And I don't remember exactly what I was doing. I was in the garage doing something. It was under the hood of my truck, wasn't it? When I told you I was upset with her because of that song. Oh, I know what it was. It was that coil pack and that plug. So anyway, I was in, in the garage working on my truck, getting aggravated with it, and that song started rolling through my mind. Speak to the mountain. Speak with authority. Now, I know I went flat. <laughs> and I calmed down. A peace came over me. Because God told me, you have the gift of being able to do mechanic work. And it's a gift. It is a gift. But I was doubting myself. These newer and newer cars, I start doubting myself. A 2008 Dodge Grand Caravan, did you know there is no gas, uh, there is no cable that runs from the gas pedal to the motor? It's all done by computers yep. and a little trigger. So if your gas pedal goes out, it's got to go to a shop somewhere, and hopefully they have the equipment to do it, because I can tell you now, Chrysler charges an arm and leg for reprogramming a computer. <laughs> you can ask my mom, because she's got a Jeep. We're living in a world that it, they're making it easier and easier and easier for a person. How many of you have a computer? I've got a computer. How many of you, if you've got a smartphone, you've got a computer? How many of you went through grade school before computers? How many of you remember having to program your computers when they first came out? Yeah. We started on an Apple. It had a green screen. And we had to tell that computer what to do. 
And then along came DOS. Then Wendy thought she was in hog heaven when she got into Microsoft Windows. Okay. And I don't remember what version our laptop is. Is it Windows 10? Whatever the newest version was at that time. But they're making it to where all you have to do is click a button. Yeah, yeah. You click a button. You got a new microphone. You click a button. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, how about a heater? Yes, they they have talked to it. I have talked to text. I'm one of those people. We'll be riding along. One of our phones will go off. She'll check hers. Oh, it must be yours. You want me to check it? No, they can wait. It's not that important. A lot of times if I'm driving, my phone rings. Unless it's her because I have her set up separate. Now, you got to understand, my wife is very OCD. If I, if I don't answer a text, she, she'll call me. If I don't answer her call, she starts calling everybody else. Okay? Because she worries about me. She knows I'm a man. She knows I do dumb things, just like catching her car on fire. <laughs> January 1st, 1997. I went against her word. I went against her word or her suggestion. I hopped in my truck, hooked to, hooked to my dad's trailer, went to Gosport, loaded up a car, coming down, what is that, Boot Hill Cemetery right there, right outside of Gosport. Well, anyway, the hill coming outside of Gosport, going north. Everything they teach you in truck driving school, if the trailer starts swirling, give us some throttle, pull it out. Dad didn't tell me this trailer is opposite of that. I topped that hill, run 30 mile an hour, that trailer starts swaying, so I give it some throttle. Yeah, it was an ex-police car, 1976 LTD, ex-police car. Heavy, heavy. So I get into throttle to try to pull the trailer out of the sway. Uh-uh, it makes it worse. And I have my brother, ex-brother-in-law with me, and I said, hold on, this is going to hurt, because I went from 30 to 70, like that, going down that hill. That trailer, I'm, I'm on the brakes, because all I had was truck brakes. I thought my light-duty half-ton truck would pull that dozer trailer. Yeah. I was young and dumb, and I made a mistake. And now it's a testimony, because... God kept his hand upon me. I totaled out the truck, the trailer, and the car. And I walked away from it. No seatbelts. No seat My ex-brother-in-law had a bruised rib where I landed on him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's literally about Chris's size. Skinny as a rail. And he wasn't very much padding. 
But God kept, God saw fit, even though I was out in the world, to keep his hand upon me. To keep the enemy from snuffing me out. Because there's a lot of things that could have happened. If my ex-brother-in-law hadn't have been there, I could have been through the window on the passenger side because I landed in a concrete culvert. Police officer showed up and he says, how did you wreck a truck and a trailer? I said, there was a car on that trailer. And of course, by this time, it's getting dark and he's running his flashlight. He says, are you sure that you were the only person? Yeah. He said, well, there's a car down here upside down. I said, it's supposed to be on that trailer. He says, do you know how lucky you are to be alive? I was not lucky. I was blessed. And then my wife shows up. <laughs> and you got to understand, we were still out in the world at this time. She comes up, starts coming up the hill, and I could see it on her face. She was glowing red. Okay? She's cussing and ranting and raving. I told you you shouldn't have went and got that. And the police officer steps in front of her. Ma'am? I sidestep the police officer and I get in front of him. And he says, Do you want me to cuff her? I said, Not if you want to live. She was hot. But I learned my lesson. I learned how to listen to my wife. Because she had more faith at that time, even though we were out in the world, to know something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. But we all have a measure of faith. And I probably forgot to write it down. Hey, Monica. Uh, give me just a second. The faith of a grain of mustard seed. Well, that's the one I just read. Uh, I have Ephesians 2. All right. This is where Davy stepped on my message. Ephesians 2. 8 and 9. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Saved by grace through faith. Where did faith come from? God. What is it? It's a gift. It's a gift from God. And part of the reason this wound up on faith is that lady sitting right there. As most of you know, I do taxes in the wintertime. And Sister Monica was having some issues. Well, I'll just tell you because she's done told our church. She was at a point that she was trying to figure out which one of her pistols would do the better job. Okay? I've been there. I saw the signs. 
I put a gun to my head and pulled a trigger. Divine intervention. There's no doubt in my mind that there's divine intervention. Because the minute I pulled the trigger. The split second I pulled that trigger, my firing pin snapped. Don't tell me there's no such thing as God. Don't tell me there's no such thing as divine intervention. Because you can see it standing right in front of you. But she come to Wendy and I. She started out with Wendy texting her. And then she sat down in my kiosk at her lunch on her lunch and proceeded to tell me the gist of it was I can't do anything right. Everything I do is wrong. Everything I touch falls to pot. I understand that. I understand that. And God told me, you have to help her. How do I help her? How would you help her? Pray for her. First and foremost, that's what you need to do, is you need to pray for her. And do you know why that answer came out? Because whoever said that has faith enough to share. Okay? You have faith enough to share. Through the course of, what was it, a week? By the time your breakthrough came? I laid it out to her. You have to have a breakdown in order to have a breakthrough. Two weeks? Yeah. Because I remember saying, I know how this is going to happen because I already see it. Yeah. 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 Right. She didn't know I told him that until after that. <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, she has her breakdown in the middle of our one of our church services because almost exactly as God showed her, it happened. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And he started speaking in tongues. He come out from behind the drum set and started speaking in tongues. And I heard God say, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. I ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I lost it again. And then she come to me a couple days later at the kiosk. And she tells me, she says, do you know why I come to you with my problems? Because I pray. And she says, no. Because you have faith that only I can imagine that I have. Along those lines. That was the gist of it. You have the same faith I have. But she says, I know that when you pray, you touch the throne of God and it's done. You have that same faith. All you got to do is claim it. You got to use it. If you can't get down on your knees and pray to God 
there's a problem. Now, a lot of us older people, I don't get down on my knees here recently because I've got a cyst on each knee. But if God tells me to get down on my knees, I'm going to get down on my knees. Whether I'm on hardwood, whether I'm on concrete. Because I've been in my walk long enough with God that I hear God's voice. Now, there's times that I question Him. I question Him a lot. Just like today when I was working on the van. I'm like, this would be so much easier if that stupid window would stay up there. Oh, wait a minute. There's only eight bolts to hold the door on. So I grab my 10 millimeter wrench and my 10 millimeter socket and I start loosening the bolts and God says, that's a bad idea. <laughs> and I honestly, I looked around because I heard it audibly. So I go back to wrenching. That's a bad idea. Okay, so I back up and I look at the situation. Oh, that ain't a normal door. I'm a big guy. I can do a driver's door or a passenger door, but this thing is its freaking heavy. <laughs> so guess what Tony did? All right, Lord. Reverse my ratchet, reverse my wrench. I put it all back together. And then God says, walk away. Oh, by this time, I was aggravated. God's talking to me. My wife is texting me. And every time she texts me, I get even more angry. And I do what God says, and I walk away. So I walk in the garage. I grab my bottle of water. He says, the devil's just trying you. I've been down this road. I should have seen it coming. Now, I didn't go carnal like I used to. But I didn't hesitate to throw my wrench in the backyard and then have to go find it. You know, 10 millimeter wrenches are hard to come by. <laughs> Anger, but said not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But do you have faith enough to share? Everybody has a measure of faith because it is a gift from God. But if someone comes to you, that, like with Monica, do you have the faith to go before the throne of God? Because my Bible tells me to come before the throne of God boldly with your requests. Boldly. Lord, I really want you to go over here and help Monica and just, just bless her, Lord. And Lord, you touched that woman. Give her that breakthrough she's looking for. Amen. Give her that breakdown. That's boldly. That's boldly. To have that young man right there, and I'm still going to call you a young man, come to me and tell me things that only God knew. Only God knew. It set my heart 
at ease. There has been a peace come about me because I got answers from God through a man. I'm blessed not only to have a church that I can go to and call my home church. I have a pastor that I can go to and talk to if I need to. I have counselors and I'm going to call them what they are. They are not counselors. They are my elders. You look at Chris and I. I can be his elder. He respects me because I'm older than him and I may be wiser than him but he's my elder because he's more versed in the word. He's my elder. I have David that if I can get a hold of him, <laughs> I can call him and talk to him. And he's not going to judge me. He's going to help me through my problem. I will tell you though, David's pretty good. As long as he has his phone with him, he will answer the phone. Yeah. But here's the thing. If he does not answer his phone and it goes to voicemail, don't even bother with the voicemail. You don't listen to him anyway. Just keep trying. Yeah, just keep trying. Look around you. Look at the blessings. I see people in here that I haven't seen before. Okay. Made my heart leap for joy when I saw some of the young people walk in. I don't know what's going on, but our churches, there's not too many young people there anymore. It's, it's those of us that have been going there for quite a long time, quite a long time, quite a long time. And I know what it is. It's the world. It's because we can sit here and we can press a button and we can get anything on the TV we want to. Or we can swipe our phone. I have a Bible app. I have a smartphone. When I was sitting doing taxes, if I wasn't playing on Facebook, doing my games, I, I'm on Facebook. I don't do all the drama things. I don't post things just to make other people mad. Unless it's my sister. That's what we were... We've always done that. <laughs> we do the monkey meme thing. Yeah, we do the monkey meme thing. Because we look a lot alike. We look a lot alike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But Facebook, it's getting to a point now on Facebook that they're starting to block Christian things. Okay? I don't even remember what that one, when we, when we first got back to church, uh, Lisa set up the group on... I can't remember it now. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah, the first social... MySpace. MySpace, that's it. That's it. And then they, they started... 
they started uh, squelching things. And then Facebook come along. Facebook come along, and their whole their whole situation was, well, we don't judge nobody. You can post whatever you want, and da-da-da. And now, I don't do politics, so I'm staying away from politics, but now they're getting on the Christians. Well, this offends that person. Well, maybe it needs to offend them. Because where I'm from, it's called conviction. It's called conviction. I've been offended. It's called conviction. It's called conviction. Because this right here is the one true God. The Word of God. But do you have faith? Do you have faith to sit down in the middle of Bloomington and read your Bible? You can ask the people from my church. When I was working for David, it beat all I ever saw. Five grown men standing in the middle of IU Bloomington campus holding hands and praying. And peace. Where we were, there was peace. As long as I worked for David. I don't remember... There is one time, but we won't go there. I don't remember anger or hatred towards any of us Christians. Even people, when Chris and I went over to the fields to unload the truck full of doors and windows, and you could tell these guys, they, they were, they could have fit in with the Hell's Angels with no problem. Okay, they were big, biker-looking guys, tattoos. Chris and I went about our business and wound up preaching to them. Amen. By the end of unloading that truck, he and I were preaching to these two people. Now, I have faith that they found them a church, they've committed their lives to God, and that I'm going to see them in heaven. Because we've done what God told us to do. Because we had the faith. We had the faith to stand there and talk to these two guys that could have picked us up and let us whittle ourselves to pieces. Yeah. Do you have faith to help someone? James, right? Do you have the faith to help someone? Mm -hmm. Somebody comes up to you and says, oh, my back hurts. What's the first thing you're going to do? Can I pray for you? I go every day. Every day I get out of bed and I, when my feet hit the floor, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for my blessing that I can still move. Anybody that's ever had a sciatic problem? You understand. I walk daily with that. 
my daughter started going to chiropractor and she started she started feeling better and she said dad maybe you should go maybe he can fix your back i said shayla put your finger right here on this disc she says oh my god that's not supposed to be like that I walk by faith and not by sight. Because I got prayed for many years ago for that bad back. I did not expect a miracle. God can do that. But I didn't expect a miracle. I expect healing. I've had my doctor tell me many times, why don't you just go apply for disability? You can get it. Then you'll never have to work again. Because America's gotten lazy. How many hotels, motels, and gas stations do you not see a Middle Eastern person in? Honestly. And now Subway. How many? Because America's gotten lazy. And it started with the gas companies. I was a pump jockey. Back when I had my nice shiny changer. I would shine that thing up every night after I got off work. Clean it out, shine it up. I thought I was big stuff. There's your change. Have a good day. Hmm? America's gotten lazy because they do not have faith in God. It started at the gas stations. Then it went to the hotels. You want me to tell you why it went to the hotels? It's not because they didn't want to work. They don't want to serve people. They want to be served. They want to be taken care of. They want to be pampered. They want to be babied. My wife gets on me because I don't sugarcoat things anymore. I don't tickle the ears. If you want your ears tickled, go online. Yeah, you can find plenty of that on there. If you want to hear, the hell is hot and God can save you from it, come see me. <clears throat> because I know there's two people in here that God has taken to a virtual reality hell. You're looking at one of them. When we come back from being in a world, God came to me one night in a dream and he told me, he says, I want you to know where your eternity lies if you turn your back on me again. Having God come to you that harshly. I woke up, run to the bathroom, went back to bed, and I'm like, oh, thank God it was only a dream. I went back to sleep, and God says, I'm not done with you yet. Come, let's go to hell. And he took me by the hand and we went to the depths of hell. It's a real place, people. 
It's a real place. Right there's another one that's been there. And we go down there, and of course, God being God, he, nothing happens to him. Now, I want you to know, me being with God, I was not burned. I could smell the brimstone. I could feel my flesh burning off my, off my legs as we were walking. I woke up crying. My pillow was soaked. I've been to hell. I don't like it. I don't plan on going there. I plan on going to heaven. <clears throat> am I going by the rapture or am I going by the grave? That's God's decision. I really feel in my heart that I will see the rapture. I think most of us in here will see the rapture. My mom's told me time, time and time again that God showed her that she will be alive until the rapture. I don't doubt that. Because if that's God's will, then it'll happen. But I have faith that no matter what I go through, God is just a breath away. Brother Shane, just a breath away. I really don't feel like God's done. I feel a need in a building is what I feel. And if you need prayer, if you need... I have faith enough to share. I've been through a lot of things. If there's things that you're not sure who to talk to, go to your pastor. Ask him a question. Because when you come to a pastor or an elder or a minister of any type in confidence, that's where it stays. I can tell you right now, unless you tell me it's okay for you to talk to so-and-so about this. It stays between me and God. It stays between me and God. Because that's how I knew when Chris came up there to our church and told me about my son and what God's plans were for my son. I knew it was only from God because I spoke to no one else but God. If you have a need, if you need prayer, if you just need to dedicate, the altar's open. There's plenty of people here to pray. And I'm sure Davy's got oil. Big bottle. Big bottle. And there's nothing wrong with fleecing God because I do it. A lot of us do it. Gideon did it. 
And I understand that sometimes we just need that one person to speak out in order to understand that it's God speaking to us.